Hi everyone, what you're about to hear is a bonus episode. Uh, I've got an interview with uh, Tom Bauer, who is the guy who successfully sued BrewDog for discrimination um, against men just recently. And uh, it was quite a long interview. Um, I really wanted to give Tom time to explain himself and for me to understand where he was coming from. Uh, immediately followed by that is Joe's reaction. Joe from this this podcast, of course. So yeah, you're going to have about uh, 20, 25 minutes of the interview I did with Tom. Uh, you'll hear me fumbling through it. And then uh, is about 10, 15 minutes with Joe straight after that. Uh, so this isn't uh, a usual episode. It's, it's probably um, a little bit uh, slower than you're used to from us. Um, so I won't be offended at all if this is a subject that you're not interested in. Um, it is an important one. And Joe makes some fantastic points as well. Uh, but if you're expecting Watty and all the usual nonsense, we are not going to have that on this episode, but we will have it on the next one, which is our Beatnik special. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. Uh, apologies. Uh, this is a bit long-winded, my introduction, but here we go. Here's me and Joe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 26. I'm going to stop the theme music right there. Joe, this is a special. You're the only one here. There's no Bruce. There's no Andrew. Um... How are you before we go any further? I'm good right now. (laughs) Well, uh, as if you've looked at the title of this episode, you might understand this is a special one-off. We're not going to do all the usual stuff. We're not even going to bother with the theme music. I got Tom Bauer uh, on the phone yesterday. Um, We recorded uh, quite a decent interview with him, actually. Uh, He got some very interesting points to make. Um, Interesting in the way that made Joe not so happy. No. Joe, you've already heard this interview. Um, I have. You have thoughts on it, I guess. I have lots of thoughts. Like, (laughs) thoughts to the point that last night I couldn't sleep, so I got up and wrote two sides of A4. Awesome. Well, I think before we uh, before we do that, we should probably uh, let people know a little bit of background about this before they actually listen it. The basic story is uh, is this guy Tom, uh, who you're going to hear from. Uh, he wasn't very happy about the pink IPA promotion. Um, he went to a bar. It was a Brewdog bar in Cardiff. Uh, asked for a bottle of pink IPA. The bartender told him, "No, uh, you, that's only for women." And it's going to be sold for £4 against £5 for a regular bottle. Uh, He says he then uh, had to, at that point, um, he had to identify as a woman. Yes. In order to get the the beer for £4, which he did. Uh, He then took Brewdog to court and, spoiler alert, he won uh, based on sex discrimination. I've described that really badly. Uh, we're going to tell the full story here, but that's kind of the background about about what's actually happening. Um, and yeah, and he, he was quite happy to give this interview. And uh, yeah, um, hopefully you'll get a bit of an insight here into to what he was looking at. And then myself and Joe will come back and discuss it. So I've put down here, Tom. Um, yeah, obviously, thanks for taking the time to come and chat with me. But um, I should state really from the start that, that we're an independent podcast from BrewDog. Okay. Um, I, I don't work for them. Are you a shareholder yourself? No. Yeah, um, I'm one of the share. I'm just a shareholder. You know, nothing seriously invested. Okay. And I've just so you sort of have some sort of interest in the business doing well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, and the other thing I was going to say as well is I I don't I I don't really sort of follow issues like the one you got involved with very closely. But Joe, who's on the podcast, um, she does. So she's given me a hand just to write up some questions. But sure. This isn't about me, um, you know, 
grilling you or anything. This is just about giving you the opportunity to talk directly to the BrewDog shareholders or EFPs as we call them. It's equity for bonks, but EFPs is the same yeah. as shareholders. Uh, and, and really just to explain, you know, what happened and, and why you felt so strongly about it that you thought, yeah, you know, let's let's take this one to court and see what happens. Um so yeah, I was going to say then before before we get to the to the court case itself, can you maybe just sort of give a bit of background on yourself and and I think yeah, just as I was saying that you know explain to folk listening, you know, are you in any way have you heard of Brewdog? Have you been involved in Brewdog in any way before? Or is it just somewhere you pop in for a drink? Only as a customer, like I'd have a drink like a, a punker or something every now and then, like either in the, my local pub, which isn't a Brewdog, but they'll have it on tap. Or bottle in the supermarket here and there, like so. It, it it was disappointing to hear that they were doing this sort of thing for me. Yeah, um, when when the whole pink IPA thing came out at this end, it was a huge amount of conversation going on about it. I mean, we mm. spent probably two or three podcast episodes talking about the pluses and minus of it, and there was the the, the you know the conclusion ended up being that it wasn't one of Brewdog's greatest moments because the message that they tried to deliver didn't come out that great. Yeah, there's a lot of criticism of the um, the the marketing of the product itself, in that people thought that it was ironic that um, BrewDog was sort of trying to take the Mickey out of companies who are doing this uh, excessive, uh, I guess, feminine marketing to women, whilst also undertaking that themselves. But I I sort of understand that it was supposed to be an ironic joke, but. Yeah, and and James um, from from Brewdog, he went on the record and said that they definitely didn't get that message right when it first started. Yeah, so um, there's some nuance there in um, perhaps they didn't deliver the the marketing side of it quite so well. But well, yeah, that that sort of thing doesn't really bother me. Like companies make little gaffes like that all the time. Um, but with, with regards to the actual the pricing of it, I think that's where they went too far, in my opinion. Yeah, um, well, a quick Google search shows you came up on a huge number of websites. I've just jotted some down here. Metro, Independent, The Sun, The Mirror, The Cosmopolitan, The oh, New yeah. York Post and Fox News. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think you were on BBC as well. I kind of saw some uh, tweets there. BBC, Radio 5 Live and Hereford and Worcester. And I think there was another one. I forget the name of it. So, well, I was going to say then, so again, before we actually get into the, the case itself and, and, you know, what sort of happened there, how has that been for you? I mean, you know, in the last week, is it? have you just taken it all in your stride or has it been a bit like, wow? Uh, first few days, everything was fine. Um, I, I sort of expected quite a bit of backlash because obviously the gender pay gap is a very hot topic. Yeah. Um, but I was willing to go through with that because I knew that was going to happen. Um I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of abuse on Twitter and stuff, but, you know, Twitter's a weird place. Um, I don't really think that it's very representative of the, the opinion of the general public. It's, it's not exactly an unbiased sample, as a statistician would say. Yeah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> but, like, some of the commentary on news articles and things was a bit more balanced. Um, on my Facebook page as well, that was a bit more balanced as well. So, yeah. and everyone I've spoken to in like in real life, generally, uh, you know, they're sort of glad that I went through with what I did. I mean, has it kind of died down a little bit now over the weekend? Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, uh, well, let's talk about the actual case itself. Um, if, you, if you'd be so kind, because there will be folk listening to this who've, who've not really paid any attention. Sure. This was back in March 2018. Um, yeah. And maybe you can sort of talk us through perhaps what you knew about the promotion and, and how come you ended up in that bar and in that sort of situation on that night then. Um, okay, so as I said, I was sort of a long-time customer of BrewDog, like here and there, not like diehard or anything, but just casual customer I guess so I read a, an article on Wales Online which is sort of a, a local online news outlet in Cardiff yeah, or in Wales generally um, that they were doing this promotion and that they were charging different prices to men and women um, so when I read it I was kind of I guess going, well, it sounds a bit extreme but going through the stages of grief I was in denial Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't think that they would actually do that so I kind of wanted to go down and see for myself if that was the case. Because there's sort of part of me that was hoping it was just a joke. Just to annoy people like me, I guess. Um, well, it did. Because <laughs> <laughs> it turned out that they were actually discriminating and that was part of the policy. Um, so my, the basis of my argument is that if there is an unequal outcome, it's not necessarily indicative that the processes themselves are unfair um, so for example uh, I'm trying to think the best way to do this if women are choosing uh, to, to go into fields which happen to pay less that's not necessarily an unfair thing um, and we, what we can do is encourage women to choose different fields that's fine or we could leave it be because there are some there's certainly some perceived value in some of these lesser paying fields, like for example nursing. It might pay less than engineering, but the people doing nursing hold some sort of value in helping people and they're willing to sacrifice a bit of salary to do that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, however, I'm fully supportive if people want to negotiate their salary to get a better salary, basically. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are, are on that sort of line of thinking. Um, I, I'm a realist in that we're, we're never ever going to achieve, uh, you know, no pay gap. Mm. Um, I, it's you know, even if statistically we could never really do that. And um, you know, the gender pay gap is from stuff that it, it sometimes is a little bit out of a control, such as um, you know, women do the majority of caring for children. Um, more women are in low skilled and lower pay work. Mm. Um, you know, it is, you know, look at the, I don't know, the Fortune 500 companies to use a bad example, but, you know, m most people on the boards are men. Um, mm. In the brewing industry, it's it's men. Um, you know, it it's difficult one for me to know know what the right and wrong thing to say mm. is. Yeah. I'm, I'm like struggling. Study on. after study shows that when you take into account um, the actual industry, the job title, the position in the company, the number of amount of experience, the gender pay gap basically disappears to almost zero. Um, and when you get to that last two or three percent, you can start asking questions like, is this discrimination? Is this uh, some difference in the willing willingness to negotiate? And that's the conversation we should be having. If people assume that oh, 20 percent, uh, that's all discrimination, they're not really basing that on anything real. It's that the gender pay gap as it's calculated is an artifact of like an 
insufficient statistical measure. Yeah. It's just the median hourly pay over all men and women when you adjust for the um, full-time equivalent hours. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the, the age group 22 to 39, women earn more than men. Um, well, sorry, not 22 to 39, it's 22 to 30, or 29 I think it is. And that's from the Office of National Statistics. So women out-earn men at that age, and mm-hmm. they're doing better at university. They're getting way more university placements. Um, and they're doing better in school. But for some reason, after the age of 30, that gap starts to appear. Can you think of anything that might cause that? Well, I think it's uh, it's obvious. It's, uh, what we say is the caring responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. Um, not just having kids. I mean, looking after relatives, yeah. family, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But so taking so, just for now, taking away single mothers because obviously that's an issue. There's nothing stopping a family from having the father as the primary caregiver and taking time out of work. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think that a lot of women would prefer to, to take care of the kid rather than the father, because the father's more likely to want to provide rather than care. And maybe there's a bit of circular logic in there in that um, people perceive men to earn more, therefore it's better off that way. So I'm all in favour of um, campaigns to try and adjust that uh, perception. Like, for example, the government's recent uh, shared uh, shared parental leave. I think that's a good thing, because it's going to encourage like men to take up the caring work a bit like and if a woman wants to stay in the workforce then more power to them really yeah and i think these sorts of policies are the sensible ones um when you start to say oh gender pay gaps 20 percent, therefore we must discriminate against men <sighs> that's going a bit too far really <laughs> it's a bit naive as well do you and swinging it back around to pink IPA, isn't it nice that they could come in and get get that twenty percent cheaper that time? Then that's that, fine. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that saying great? You know, you you you, you generally earn less, so therefore mm. you should perhaps pay less if the company can afford to do that. I think there are better ways of doing that. Like for example, they could have still just allowed men to buy the pink one, like because people yeah. would still associate the pink one with women, and they could Brewdog could still make their point that women are paid less using just the pink marketing itself. Like it, it didn't have to be a price difference. Yeah. So I, again, I mean, uh, I, I was glancing over your, your Twitter feed. I mean, it, it, this wasn't like you stormed into the bar and there was a huge row or anything. It was just, no, uh, no. you just wanted to confirm what they were oh, saying. No, I, the... I have no animus against the bartender. Like I've seen a lot of people on social media um, slating the guy. Um, but as, as far as I know, he disagreed with it as much as I did. Like I'd, he was just doing as he's told. He's doing a yeah. good job. Um, so if anyone is, I don't know, um, abusing this guy, even if it's sort of third hand or in third person, just stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair point. So the actual pink IPA promotion itself, we should really sort of get to what it is about that, that, that got your back up then. Uh, I'll just say from my point of view, I'm not hugely engaged on this kind of subject matter. So I just saw it as a great way to bring up a conversation in my local pub with mm. people with perhaps some old-fashioned values. This was a, you know, I took a bottle in. It was a great way to chat with them. How did you read it? What did you think was going on here? So with regards to the marketing side of it, like I have no issue if Brewdog wanted to make a beer with a pink label or call it pink or whatever. 
Um, I don't even have an issue with them having it at a different price, uh, £4 and £5. Um, what I do have an issue with though is um, either restricting men from purchasing the pink one at the lower price or uh, having different price for men and women for example, just because that's fundamentally unfair and discriminatory. I, I'm generally, I'm, I'm a liberal so I believe that everyone should be treated fairly basically and when they're not I'll call it out. I'm going to quote you, quote yourself out here but you, you've kind of thought it was hypocritical of Brewdog um, to claim that they fight for equality while at the same time flagrantly discarding, discriminating sorry against men. Um, I don't know I mean Tom let, let me ask a slightly pointed question then did, did you did you feel like you perhaps deliberately took the the, the, this to one extreme um, maybe missed really the point of what Brewdog were trying to say I can see exactly what they were trying to say yeah. um, I'm happy to disagree with them um, or I have no problem with people making their own campaigns and things like that even if I disagree with them I respect that but what they shouldn't be doing is discriminating um, and that's pretty much a red line for me unfortunately the, the, these sort of things never happen like out of the blue it, yeah. it, it wasn't I was served it at the wrong price and blah blah blah, and then I went to small claims court. It was it's always minor escalations until it got to that stage. Uh, so for me, I submitted a complaint to Brewdog, um, asking them to apologise for discriminating against me. Yeah, uh, they doubled down on their reasoning um, and wouldn't apologise. So I sent another complaint, which was a bit more threatening, hopefully, sort of encouraging them to. <laughs> get into gear with a proper response because I'm pretty sure what I got from the first time was a, a blanket response that would have been sent to a lot of people because it, it didn't feel very personalised but I, I might be wrong on that um, so they ignored my second letter um, which was quite frustrating because hmm. I'm complaining to this company about being discriminated against and they're ignoring me so I waited like uh, probably about two months like just in case they were thinking about it yeah, um, and the way I see it at this stage is, well, it's not quite a stalemate. It's more like a, a standoff. Who's going to blink first? Um, and I think that they were hoping that I would just give up, and obviously I didn't. So I sent them a more threatening letter. It's called um, a letter before action. It's what you have to do before you uh, serve your court papers. So it's basically saying. Um, what the grievance is it then says uh, what you want them to do about it and when so the letter for action was sent and a few I think about six weeks later I got a response from Brewdog solicitor uh, basically just denying that there was discrimination um, their argument was that the campaign was a part of a uh, a larger discussion about the gender pay gap therefore it wasn't discrimination so I rebutted these points um, in my response to the solicitor uh -huh. um, but again they were having none of it they were just doubling down so then this was another stage where I could have just dropped the whole thing and given up that would certainly have been a lot easier Yeah. but I don't know it, it's the sort of thing that I would definitely regret not doing later in life I've essentially just been gaslighted by this company um, into thinking that there was no discrimination. Did you think at this point that 
there was much more you could do. I mean, were you confident that if there was a next step? Uh, yeah, so I, I did a few things. I contacted my MP and I contacted the uh, Minister for Women and Equalities. Um, they just sort of sent back generic responses because obviously they're not allowed to really... Yeah. Well, politically, they're not really allowed to take a stance on anything or give any actual advice. Um, but they gave me some pointers on where I could go. So I, I contacted the Equalities and Human Rights Commission through the Equality Advisory Support Service. Um, and by the way, if, if there's anyone out there listening who has been discriminated against, that's definitely the place to go, the Equality Advisory Support Service. They run like a, a phone line where you can get advice there. So, I'll make sure to stick a, a link and the phone number in the show notes as well. Yeah, sure. So I phoned those and they, I phoned this, this organisation. I think it's part of the government anyway. And they gave me some advice on what I could do. And it turns out the only thing I could do at that stage was to um, go through the small claims routes. They do do a thing where you can uh, submit a complaint to the EHRC. Um, I did try to do that, but they... So they call it prioritisation. They can't take everything. They can only take cases which they deem um, are worthy of investigation. And for one reason or another, they decided that mine wasn't... Um, it, it didn't qualify. Hmm. So I did I did try and submit the complaint, but they wouldn't take it. So the, the only option I had left was small claims action. So I at that stage, I filed the court papers. It's not strictly relevant, but I, due to this, I ended up missing the six-month de six deadline for um, submitting a claim under the Equality Act. All right, so okay. I had to have a second hearing, well, like a preliminary hearing, to ask the judge to extend the time limit because they have the power to do that. So I succeeded in that case. That was the first hurdle to go over. Um, and that kind of gave me the confidence to carry on with the, with the main case. So at any at any point in this at this stage, uh, Brewdog could have just apologised and I would have dropped the whole thing. And I made this clear to them, um, but obviously they weren't going to budge. They, I think, I th the way I interpret it is that they were hoping that I was giving up and they hoping I was bluffing. Mm. I think the way the, the Equality Act is written, there are a few exceptions on when you are allowed to discriminate. And I think if you took like a very very loose interpretation of the wording in the act you could probably lie to yourself in that you thought it would have been acceptable and you could probably convince um, someone like me that what they were doing was technically legal because mm. that's what the solicitors tried to do they tried to say it was um, positive action which is one of these exemptions in the Equality Act which states that you are allowed to discriminate if it's a proportionate means of achieving a legitimate aim um, so there are multiple ways of reading that <laughs> yeah absolutely but, as there always is with these things yeah. yeah so but i was able to argue in court that the means were not proportionate basically because mm. generally this is for things like um say for example in engineering you, if, if a company wants to encourage more women to apply for for jobs in engineering they would in their job advertisements have pictures of women on the job adverts you know just to make it seem like a more inviting place for women and that's what's normally covered under positive action that sort of thing if they were to say right we're going to have a quota in our employment process 
that would not be a proportionate means. So it's kind of it, it allows for this sort of the some of the softer forms of not discrimination but sort of pushing people into the or encouraging people to apply for things rather than disallowing them from applying. Yeah, I'm with so you. I, I think they were trying to go for that sort of defence. I presume then you got so no reply. Did, then did you actually get a court date? My my experience of small claims court has been that uh, you know it, it rarely actually gets to physically be you. You have to go to the to the court and uh, chat with the judge or anything. But I presume then it did get to that stage. Um, we did actually at the very end. So in one of my I think it was one of my penultimate letters to the solicitor, I said that I was still willing to use a mediator because obviously I still didn't really want to go to court. Yeah. Um, we and they agreed to that, and we had the mediation, but we weren't able to get anywhere really. Um, so it, it proceeded to court in the end. Yeah, so to brood up stuck rigidly to their original, you know, reply, which was we we are doing this to to make a point, and it's yeah, yeah. we're not discriminating. So yeah, the day. So you do actually was it a sort of day in court? Was it just a, a fifteen minute meeting? How did it sort so of? So it was out? about three hours. All right. On okay. The Wednesday, but apparently this is quite unusual. Um, so I spoke to some of the volunteers. They said it was a bit unusual. The judge decided to sleep on it. Basically, he wanted to think about it at the end of the hearing. So we had another hearing the next day, on the Thursday afternoon. And perhaps, he read out his judgment. Aware that this this was going to be a really touchy subject, so I had to make yeah. sure it was right. Yeah. I think he had to word his judgment very carefully. Yeah. So at, at that stage, I had no idea which way it was going to go, because Brudolph's list was very convincing. Yeah, um, and obviously, then um, you know it's been well documented that mm. uh, you got awarded a thousand pounds and. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, you just covered some fees, but yeah, the majority of that went to um, your two charities that you chose as Indeed, well. Indeed, yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to mention the charities? I think it's it's definitely worth doing so. Yeah, so there was two charities. Um, one was the Young Women's Trust. So what they do is they, um, they run counselling sessions for women to encourage them to negotiate for better pay. Um, now, I think this is probably one of the better and more fair ways of closing the gender pay gap. So I'm fully behind that sort of thing. Um, so that's why I donated to that one. Um, if, if anyone agrees, they, they're very welcome to donate as well. That's the Young Women's Trust. Yep, again, link will be in the show notes for yep. that one. And the other one was the Campaign Against Living Miserably, uh, also known as CALM. So they are a men's mental health awareness charity um, who also run a suicide prevention line for men. Yeah, I think I've seen them associated with uh, trying to reduce suicides on the trains, actually. Oh, right, yeah. okay, yeah. So, obviously, you probably know, but um, suicide is one of the leading causes of death in males under 40. So it's quite a significant problem. Um, mm. So anything that you can do to reduce that, I think, has got to be a good thing. Let me um, just change the direction just slightly here. Um, I, I, I just... I don't want to. I'm, I'm, start that, I'll start that whole sentence again into an actual structured sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, ju- just a slight change of direction. Um, I've seen some of the abuse that you've received. We mentioned Twitter earlier on, but it came. It comes from all angles. Mm. Uh, one I spied was. I mean, you've been you've been called a bigot. You've been called a misogynist and the oh, like. Yeah. 
comment a comment on the gay times thomas bauer is a con- utterly contemptible posturing self-righteous ninny yeah i mean when when you see something like that how does it make you feel i actually laugh it off um yeah if these people are incapable of making any coherent arguments they resort to silly insults um, yeah and if i can demonstrate that these people can't argue it just makes it more likely that people are going to side with me on this like not obviously not the um not these crazy people but the reasonable people watching they are they're going to see that the other side is unreasonable um if they're just resorting to insults like that obviously there yeah. are some people who are supporting me that are resorting to insults as well and i don't don't really support that but, um mm. The one that made me chuckle uh, was uh, someone called Puffinmonger on Reddit. Uh, okay. And they actually they put, the real crime here is that they're charging £5 for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, that's pretty that normal one. for you know, some fancy bar in Cardiff nowadays. I mean, do you, do you feel at this point like this was a win then? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, I don't really like to blow my own trumpet, but I'm, well... Based on what I've seen, I think I've probably raised more awareness of the gender pay gap than Brewdog did with their pink IPA. If you know what I mean. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I'm going to wrap it up there. Sure. Um, I really appreciate that. That was a lot longer than I was expecting. I thought it would just be a five-minute chat. Um, I've got one final question for you. And so many people bring this up. What's the story with the hat? The hat? Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I went to a... I think it was Download Festival in France. Um, and I needed a hat because it was very sunny, so I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So all these people saying he's making a statement, it's not. It's just a hat. Oh, yeah. It's, it's head, kind of so. the uh, uh, Fedora Milady meme, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I don't really see myself like that, but I guess people want to laugh about it. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> um, Tom, thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Cheers, Rob. Yeah, Tom, that's it. Thank you. Uh, I know it's it's a little bit controversial, some of the stuff he was saying there. Um, a kind of difficult interview for me because, as you can probably hear, I was very much out of my depth. Um, but, Joe, uh, I've, I've asked you to come on and to talk about some of the points he's raised. Like you said at the start, you, you didn't get a lot of sleep last night because he no. wound you up no, <laughs> no end. Um, pushed your feminist buttons, no doubt. So, mm, um, yeah, go. So. Not quite sure even where to begin on this. Uh, you know I'm out of my depth on this conversation. So how how do we even start? So I guess we start. So I'm I'm speaking from a women from a woman's perspective, but I'm also a straight white British woman. That affords me certain levels of privileges that I try to take into account and use to help those that are less privileged than myself. And we know that there are people who are less privileged because of societal differences, whatever we want to look at it. This man had more privilege than the women that Pink IPA was being marketed to. He states in that interview that before he even walked into the bar, he'd seen an article about it and he went through the stages of grief because... As a man, he wouldn't be allowed to buy the cheaper pint. That's a li- that feels slightly dramatic to me, but I'll, I'll, I'm not going to 
defend him. I, I mean, you, you've got a microphone in front of someone. I, I know, and, and you know from doing this podcast, sometimes you just use a turn of phrase that's not quite right. But he was definitely, it definitely pushed his buttons big time seeing all this. And that's it? what's key about this and yeah. why is it, uh, it has upset so many people. Because the whole point of the campaign is women, this is a fact, are on average and in like-for-like like roles, paid less. We're not comparing nurses to engineers. We are comparing a man and a woman in exactly the same roles. And Punk, uh, Pink IPA was there to give them that opportunity to pay less for something. It's pink because there's the thing called the pink tax, how women's products are made pink and then are more expensive. Turn that on its head. This man has then seen his privilege taken away and not considered that it's a stunt to show that this is what happens to women all the time. He then continues down this path and told us in that interview many different things that he had to go through to get to the point where he went to court. Yeah, Women do this all the time. For various different things, because they're discriminated against at work, because they are on lower pay, because of various other things that happen. They have to go through that as well. And I feel like he's completely missed that. Like if he was a true person that was standing up for discrimination, why hasn't he gone during this journey? You know what? That's what women go through all the time. At no point has he has this kind of seemed to surface in his thinking. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that he said that he wrote to his MPs and to the Minister for Women and Equalities and they sent him a generic email back. Yeah. And like he didn't he didn't get a real response from them because from their point of view it wasn't significant. Yeah. Because yeah. yes, okay, maybe right, we'll go down this. A judge has decided that you were discriminated against because of your sex. But this happens to other people all the time. And you're not that it should happen to you, but the point was it does happen and we're trying to do something about it and you've completely spinned it on its head and taken that that point away. He he had to go through a lot of steps. Yeah, a lot of steps. Uh, you know, um, in order to make this you know, and, you know, let's not forget Brewdog lost the case. The the, yeah. the judge in this case said, "No, Brewdog, you were discriminating. That's it." So it was a fairly open and shut case as far as the law was concerned. But even to get to that point for this guy was, and he's a, he's clearly had the time and the inclination yeah. to do all this. Obviously, there must be millions and millions of times this happens in daily life where people aren't going to go through what he's gone yeah. through just to make a a point, basically. Yeah. Um. Um. I haven't checked, but. Was the judge a man? Do we know? He said he he took he had. To I go thought away. he did as well, and I yeah. I think I've I've not seen them specifically say that it's a man, but I think that's significant as well. That it's a it's a man that has made that decision for another man. Um, there there will be nuances of of solidarity within that as well. Um, there'll be that man's privilege that will have. That, Although he is a judge, you would hope that he is unbiased. But, and I, I feel like if that were a woman, you can't always guarantee that you still get that unbiased. It has been shown through lots of different things that 
that women don't always get that same unbias or that same kind of understanding in that position from mm-hmm. someone because they haven't lived that experience. I mean, as reluctant, yeah, as reluctant as I am, yeah, uh, he he was right, um, you know, when he got the money and, and that was that. But, I mean, ethically, morally, should yeah. this have ever, ever, ever been put in front of a judge in any way, is is to just so miss the point. Absolutely. It, it was Absolutely unreal. Absolutely miss the point. I mean, Brewdog, you know, James Watt and Brewdog have said several times, you know, the whole way Pink IPA was done wasn't quite what they wanted to do. The message yeah. didn't come across correctly and all that. But, but no, I mean, this guy's, you know, spent so much time working on it, as you heard, working on yeah. it and thinking it through. There was many, many points at which he could have gone, actually, you know, what, what am I doing here? I, I don't know what point he's proven. No. I literally because I didn't I, I, I didn't get no, it from the interview. No, I don't get what this was about for him. What he well he said it was because he doesn't believe that anyone should be discriminated against. Well, I don't think that's true because he has shown that he has no understanding of the gender pay gap. Yep. Um in what he said about it, it the gender pay gap is not because women can't negotiate a better pay and it's not because they choose to be nurses instead of engineers. That's not what it is. There are There's research and there are reports that show that that is not the case. But he said that he would jump on discrimination wherever it happened. But the yeah. gender pay gap is discrimination. He's not jumping on that. He doesn't understand it. He's not made sure that he fully understands it. What he has jumped on is discrimination that has affected him. And I think that's another point that he's missed like the reason that he's really gone into it is because it affected him and it took away his privilege and it was discrimination against him he hasn't made sure that he understands discrimination that's happening to other people specifically women yeah he talked about why the pay gap exists and yeah. and one of the points he made and, and again I, I, apologies it was we're recording this the day afterwards yeah. so uh, he was talking in that about, uh, you know, women of certain age below basically 23 to 30, I think it was, you know, they earn more yeah, than men. And then I, and then after that age, it's, it, it starts to change. And he said to me, can I think of any reason why? And I was, and, and, you know, my gut instinct there was to say, well, yeah, it's childcare. Um, you know, it's looking after not just kids, looking after relatives, you know, yep. the, 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 those are roles that at the moment, certainly traditionally, uh, you know, it's done by women. So, it was like, but he, he, to my mind, that therefore, and I made this point on the podcast, mm-hmm. therefore, if that pay gap exists for those reasons, then hell yes, if women want to come in the pub and have a pint of punk and get a pound right. off for it, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great, pat on the back, because yeah. hell, they deserve it way more than I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know, did you have any thoughts on that? So it, part of the gender pay gap is that women are in those caring roles they that means that they tend to end up in either lower paid part-time roles or they end up in roles where which are part-time which then don't progress as much um i believe that he said that you know we are yeah we are in an age where possibly the dad could stay at home but paternity pay does not stack up against maternity pay no so sometimes that isn't the choice to be able to fund your family, to pay for to, for your family 
to live, there isn't the choice that, oh, well, dad can just stay at home and I'll go back to work because it, the, the numbers don't stack up that way. And, and, that is, and that's discrimination against men, that, that they can't have paternity pay like maternity pay. But that, I think that point was missed. Mm. I just found that he was then ex- trying to explain to women, mansplaining, what the gender pay gap is when he, it's not something that actually affects him. And he obviously had no idea of it fully. He has a certain point of what his point of reference for it is partially incorrect and partially not the full truth. And by then turning around and being like, well, this is what the pay gap is and this is why it happens. You're then telling people the wrong thing when you're talking to people that do actually know about it and are experiencing it. And that is the definition of a a mansplainer. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's really got up people's noses. Again, I mean, he he was surprised by the reaction to this. I mean, he was surprised yeah. by how, yeah. Of course, I mean, the media love this because it's a, or, you know, it brings out some of the best and some of the worst in yeah, people. And so, of absolutely. course, that's a story that's going to, you know, do well. And he was wearing a daft hat. <laughs> but. Um, it's not a daft hat. It's a hat that he bought because it was sunny. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Um, shouldn't be judgmental against people no. in hats. I mean, we have Bruce on this podcast, and I've seen some of the hats he's worn over the years. Jeez, uh, but yeah, they, they, I still I'm gonna I go back to something I just said earlier. Even after the interview, even after chatting to you, after spending ages looking into this, reading like endless news stories on this, I still don't get what his point is. No. What What has he proven? What is What has that he done? He the, should have been allowed. To buy a cheaper pint. He should have been allowed. Not anybody else. Him. His privilege was taken away. And he yeah. was going to stand up for his privilege and his right. Not anybody else's. Though he's trying to put across that he was, you know, he's doing it for discrimination. It's not. At the end of the day, it was about him getting a cheaper pint. I suppose it was a fairly nice thing that he didn't, you know, it didn't even seem to be personal to Brewdog. There was none of the usual yeah, no. Martin and yeah. James are idiots or someone's done something to no, him. No, it could have been any company, I if guess. If anybody had done it, he'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on this before we wrap it up, Joe? I'm sure people are up. We need to stop giving the guy his, yes. his yeah, internet yeah. fame for sure. Yeah, we need to stop giving him his time because he just needs to go away. <laughs> <laughs> go away and read about what actual problems there are that he needs to be fighting against if that's what he wants to do yeah um i thought it was interesting the choice of charities that he made yeah because this was like that that was the thing that just added a bit of confusion to it all yeah Um, yeah yeah. you're aware of those charities yeah what what's your thought on that then so yeah the the young women's trust okay great like that that's good and calm also another very good charity yeah However, and I don't want to detract from that charity because it's great, but you've taken something, you're taking something, it felt just to me, and actually my husband brought this up as well, because he had a little listen while I was listening last night. He was like, so he's taken that money and he split it between a women's charity and a men's charity, almost as if to rub the salt in a little bit more. I'm just going to take a little bit more away from the women, just a little bit more away. Mm. And though that charity deserves that money, maybe not, again, ethically and morally from this standpoint. 
Oh, I feel dirty. <laughs> I'm still raging about it. I'm going to be um, raging about this for days. Oh, no, totally. I... <laughs> I just hope that I've... I'm not sitting here ranting like a crazy feminist <laughs> and that I'm putting across the woman's viewpoint because that is sorely missing in this whole ordeal Yeah. with him. There is yeah. no woman's viewpoint at any point within this entire thing. Yeah, and and every time I've I've seen women, um, certainly online, you know, yeah. speaking up and writing some sensible stuff, they're just getting shot down in yeah. flames. And yeah. you know, I mean, that's standard internet, of course, isn't well, it? Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. be, but yeah, you know, um, there's yeah. always a point where I get to where I'm like, I'm not going to read these comments anymore. Yeah, and he now falls into the category of people whose mind you're not going to change. No, especially because he won. He'll feel totally well, exactly. vindicated. Exactly. He, he 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 might have won the legal battle, but morally, I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm I'm just you know, I, I've got to I've got to edit this. I've got to go back and listen to the entire thing oh, again. God. Not only me stumbling through the interview, <laughs> but I've also got to go and listen to all these points again, and you know, and then I've got to publish this thing. And uh, uh, anyway, but uh, it's important, I suppose, that. No, it wasn't important. It was just it was nice to be able to hear where he was coming from because I know I know this has caused Brewdog internally, you know, some grief. Yeah. It's just another in a long line of news stories that yeah. have just got away from them. Joe, um, like I said earlier, we've we've given this guy way too much time. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, if people want to contact you about this issue, which I'm quite sure they will. Oh yes. Uh, ping you a message via the forum. I'm guessing yes. is probably a good way to do it. What's what's your name on there? I am Joanne Love Beer on the forum. Excellent. Uh, I am Sunscream on the forum. Unusual spelling, but you'll easily find me on there. Um, there's all the usual ways to get in touch as well. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, all that info is in the show notes as well as the links to the charities uh, and everything else that we mentioned um, yeah next episode from us is uh, actually this weekend we're recording this on Tuesday this weekend uh, me and Andrew are up at Beatnik up at Ellen at the brewery uh, if you've got any thoughts on this if you've got anything you want us to read out please get in touch um, I'd really like to hear what people thought of this episode and whether this is the kind of thing that you would like us to be covering in the future um, yeah so that's it anything to say before we go Joe? I'm not going to be at Beatnik because I'm racing prototype Mars Rovers because I've just spent the term teaching brownies, that's young girls aged 7 to 10, that they can be engineers. Yay! <laughs> if you oh. can see it, you can be it! There we go. Right, let's play <laughs> some theme music and get out of here. Thanks everyone, bye for now. Bye! I did say don't put this in the podcast but last night i wrote he is essentially the donald trump of beer making it acceptable for men to continue to repress women in this community and he has been supported in this by them by other men but i'm glad to say not by brew dog <laughs> but i didn't want to call him names because he wouldn't talk to people that would call him names <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> i can't i can i can't put that in the podcast can i <laughs>
Can I put it in as an outtake? <laughs> it's quite good. Yeah. Okay. I know. I thought that last night. I was like, that's really good, but it's going to be It is. Him. It's really good. Let's, let's put it in <laughs> as on, an it outtake. Yeah. Just have it as a little bit of a throwaway thing. <laughs> Throw the gauntlet down. <laughs> this is how I feel. Let's put it out there. Yeah.